this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is designed especially for our podcast listeners. We focus in these short, about 12-minute studies each day, getting us back into the Bible, helping us to think about our relationship with God, our spiritual well-being, and to help us have a more positive and a stronger focus on whatever the day might throw at us so that we don't have to look at things in negative ways so much, but that we can be prepared for whatever we have to deal with this day on a better basis because we are focused in our sp- from a spiritual direction. Now, we want to encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can. You may help somebody start to focus on their spiritual lives, on their relationship with God. Start to think about, am I where I ought to be in my life? You may help them get on the right path that ultimately will lead them to eternal life in heaven. So share these lessons, these short studies. Encourage everybody you can, your friends, your family members, your work associates, your neighbors, anybody and everybody. You can do that through Facebook friends. You can do that through text messages, maybe some other technological means that you have access to. So please do share. In our last time together, we began a new line of thought, a new question. And again, I like to ask questions in these to kind of direct our studies through these today's Bible class sessions. The question is, can I change? And we talked about how we often do things and act in ways, maybe say things, maybe even think some things that cause us to to cringe inside. We start to think, why did I do that? Why, Why did I say that? We may lash out in anger or we may let our self control down and get involved in something that later we're ashamed of. We may not take a step that we should take because we're too timid, we're too shy, we have a lack of self-confidence, at least at that moment. Maybe we just want to be liked by somebody else, and so we agree to take part in something that we know we should not be doing. And then later we cringe about any of these kinds of scenarios or more that you could think about. Why do we do that? We may ask ourselves, why do I act like that? I wish I would not do that. Well, can I change? The answer is yes. There's no question about it. Now, by myself, my own ability, through my own strength, well, maybe. But it'll be a whole lot easier and a whole lot more positive if you'll turn to God and ask him to help you make that change. That may sound trite to some people. Often I try to get across the understanding, uh, you've tried everything else and you're still in a mess. Why don't you try God for a while? You see, so many people, they'll try all kinds of different avenues and resources to change their lives before they finally come around and like the last ditch effort, the last thought of possibility, well, okay, I'll, maybe I'll try God. And so maybe they'll start to pray. Why, why wait till the end? The greatest resource 
for changing your life is God, and ultimately through his word. We all know that Jesus was transfigured. The account goes in Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 13. Now, he was literally transfigured. His appearance changed as he stood there before Peter, James, and John, three of his apostles. And there appeared with him in that text Moses and Elijah. And so here they were. Again, his appearance radiated, and it's called the Mount of Transfiguration. The apostles were certainly impressed at the change in Jesus' physical appearance at that time. And, you know, it's, it's a pretty descriptive term when you, you read that word transfigured. We're talking about profound change in appearance. Now, Moses and Elijah were there with him, and they were, they were talking with Jesus. Peter, in verse 4, says, says, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make three tabernacles, one for us, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now, Peter was kind of speaking in an impetuous way. And he's actually saying, let's make three places of worship, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Well, Moses and Elijah had long since been dead. And while Peter was still speaking, verse 5 says, Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Obviously, God the Father speaking from heaven and letting Peter and the rest of the apostles know, and really, as it is written down in inspired scripture for us, letting us all know that we all ought to be following Jesus. We don't worship Moses. We don't worship Elijah. We don't worship through Moses. We don't worship through Elijah or anyone else for that matter. There are some who pray through different dead followers of God, even dead Christians whom they call saints, and they'll pray through them and they'll kneel before them and all that. That is all counter to what the scriptures teach. You'll never find an example of that anywhere in the New Testament church. Nowhere. God says, hear my son. He's the savior. That's what we need to understand. He's the son of God. And he is the one whom we need to be following and through whom we need to be going to God. Jesus said that in John chapter 14 in verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, that word transfigured, again, an intriguing word. We can kind of see our imagination moving a little bit as we think about, wow, Jesus was transfigured. He was changed in his appearance before Peter, James, and John, three of his apostles. But you know, the same word, the same word is used in reference to those who would be faithful followers of God, those who would be Christians. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, well, let's go back to verse 1. The apostle Paul, and he's writing this to Christians in Rome. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, 
holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and, and, and approve what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Oh, that word translated in English, transformed, is the same word that was translated back in Matthew chapter 17 as transfigured in reference to what happened to Jesus on that mount. We are to be transformed, transformed, each one of us. Now how? Miraculously, as Jesus was at that particular time, on that particular occasion, in that setting? No, we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And how is our mind renewed in such a way as to change our lives? By studying God's word and making the proper applications to our lives from what we learn through the, his word. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and verse 18, here we read again, But we all, with unveiled, faith, uh, unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now that word transformed, again, is the same word from the Greek that was translated transfigured back in Matthew chapter 17. So here Paul again is talking about how as we continue to focus upon our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and God our Father in heaven and we take their teachings and make the proper applications on a consistent basis to our lives, we become changed. We are transformed spiritually. And it's not just a, a kind of behind-the-scenes thing, an inward thing. It's something that becomes visible to people around us. Because, you see, it's our lives that become changed because we have changed spiritually inside. We've been transformed. Well, this process begins at what I believe at what we can understand as repentance. In Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, when Peter and John, God through them healed the lame man. And that lame man was jumping and he was so excited and people around noticed and they were caught, their attention were caught. I was caught by what he was doing and how he was just, he was standing, he was walking. I believe the text even says he was jumping. Well, isn't that great? Well, they got, they got attracted to that. They started to gather around, and Peter and John began then to teach them the gospel of Christ, to teach them about their Savior. And in chapter 3 of the book of Acts, in verse 19, Peter said, Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Now, the word repent, that, that indicates a change of mind that necessarily results in a change of behavior or lifestyle. You see, we're talking about change. He was calling upon them to make that change, to change their thinking that would ultimately change their lives. That word converted also means be changed. So 
Repent, therefore, and be converted. You've got to change, he says. Now, how do we do that? How can we become transfigured or transformed or changed? Again, through the gospel of Christ. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 1 and verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You see, as we learn the gospel and then apply it to our lives properly and live by it, we change. We change. Now, we're answering the question, aren't we? Can I change? The answer is yes. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you at this time asking you to help us to see first how we need to change our lives and then help us to realize that through your blessing and your grace and your guidance, through your word, we can change. We can become better. We can be forgiven. Please guide us and help us along this line. Please be merciful with us, Father, we pray. Please forgive us, please, for our prayer, gracious Father. In Christ's name we pray, amen.